Hey, today we're finishing our series we've called uh, Whisper. Uh, this is one of those series that I, I, I genuinely regret that this is the last week because um, it's, I, I think it's uh, had a really good impact on uh, so many of you, and it's had a good impact on me and, and also in, inside our church. I, I, I want you to um, imagine that you are recently hired and you're a new employee, and uh, today's your first day on the job. And so you're just trying to feel your way around and understand, you know, how everything works at this new job. And your boss sends you an email and kind of tells you how, how everything, you know, works. And so you're reading through the email, and there's just some things that, you know, aren't completely clear to you. So you pick up the phone and you call your boss and say, hey, I, you know, I was reading the email and, and things really aren't, a couple, I had a couple questions. And your boss says, hey, I, I wrote everything you need to know in the email. Don't call me again. How, how, how would that feel? You know, as a, so you'd be like, wow. I mean, you, you would conclude immediately that he or she, however intelligent or however well-meaning or however whatever else, because you don't know them, you would at least say, man, they're not very relational, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a lot of ways to extend a relationship uh, other than don't call me again, I put it all in the email. But do you know that there's a lot of Christians that believe that exact same thing about God? that he wrote us an email called the Bible, and he sent it, and he put everything in it he intended to say, and he's not going to talk again. There's a, there's a lot of people who believe that. Now, I, I want you to uh, imagine for a minute, or, or remember if you, if you know these parts of the Bible, the Bible begins with God talking to Adam and Eve in, in the garden, talking to Adam and Eve. The Bible ends with God talking to John, who's writing the book of Revelation. And, and to somehow think that God stops talking after all of that is ludicrous. We, we tell people all the time, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus, but once they get saved, we say, now, God's not going to talk to you anymore. How does that make sense? We say, hey, he left an instruction manual but he doesn't talk anymore. Read the manual and just do the best you can. I've got a question. What about people that can't read? What about people who don't have a Bible in their language? Are you telling me they can't have a relationship with God? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't know if you've ever tried, you know, on Christmas Eve to put together a swing set or a dollhouse or a trampoline? How many of you? Right? You pull that thing out, and I'm telling you, I'm about ready to throw it against the wall in about 45 seconds. Because there's F and FF and E and EE and this screw and that one and that bolt and this side and hex bolt. And, the, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, and all these parts and you lay them out. Wouldn't it be a lot easier if the guy who built it was sitting there beside you telling you how to put it together? Well, that's the difference that we're talking about this morning. Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send you a helper. And he's going to talk. 
He's going to talk. He's going to illuminate the things I've already said. He's going to help make them to make sense. Dallas Willard, who wrote the book Hearing God, says this, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with God. How could you have a personal relationship with God if he doesn't talk anymore? So what I want to do this morning is I want to just, uh, if you got something to write with, you might want to jot these down. I want to give you 11 ways that the Bible tells us or, or shows us that God speaks, okay? Just quickly, God speaks through circumstances. That's what happened in the life of Jonah, right? God, is that you? You know, this fish swallowed me, and I'm just wondering, and then it threw me up, and I'm just thinking maybe God might be trying to tell me something. Counsel. There's a lot of verses in Proverbs that show us how God speaks through counsel. Peace. May the peace of Christ reign in your heart. God speaks through peace. God speaks through people. In Acts 21, um, a, a friend of Paul was trying to show him uh, how, how, what was going to happen to him if he went a certain direction, and, act, and he was actually correct. And so God was speaking through him. Dreams and visions. Solomon, Jacob, Peter, John, Paul. Sounds like a, a, a break off of the Beatles. <laughs> but these guys all saw dreams and visions. Spiritual gifts. There's, there is um, the gift of a word of knowledge. If God's not going to speak, why did he give us that? A word of wisdom. Why, why did he give us those gifts if he's not going to speak anymore? Romans 1 says God speaks through creation. I can go outside. I mean, not this week, but I can go outside. And I can look around. And I can look at the way things are formed and shaped and made and designed. And I can look at the stars in the sky at night. And I can look at the ocean. And I can look at rivers. And I can look at, I can look at creation and say... God's talking to me. I'm seeing God's handiwork. And he must be a wonderful God if he made all of this. Romans 1 also says that he speaks through our conscience. He also speaks through supernatural acts. There was a burning bush and Gideon's fleece and Balaam's donkey and on and on and on. And of course, he speaks through the Bible. Uh, my comments at the beginning are not to undervalue the Bible. Of course God speaks to the Bible. Romans 10, 17, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then sort of how we've framed this whole series is he speaks in a still, small voice, a whisper. I, a couple of weeks ago, I asked um, the pastors in our church, I asked all our pastors, what what does it sound like when God speaks to you? I asked every pastor we have, tell me what it sounds like when God speaks to you. And, and here's, here's what they said. Uh, one of our pastors said, God's voice sounds like butterfly wings. Isn't that, I've never heard that. I thought that was the coolest thing. Gentle and quiet like butterfly wings. Something's moving, 
but it's not loud. A feeling of peace and joy. One of our pastors said through, through the five senses and creation. Uh, another one of our staff said they hear God's voice through mentors and heroes and relationships and through the life of deep people. When God's speaking to them, it sounds like a mentor's voice. It sounds like someone who's spoken into their life. Another one of our pastors said it's, it, it, when God speaks to me, it's usually through the illumination of God's Word, something, and as I'm reading the Bible, something just becomes clearer in that moment. And there's a, a lingering impression that won't go away. All, oftentimes, also described as um, other believers who will bring thoughts or words. One of our pastors said through silence and quiet, I hear God's voice when I wait and I listen. And God's voice does not sound like my earthly father. One of our pastors said through dreams. God speaks to me in dreams and, and gentle um, impressions. So I, I, just, I just thought it might encourage you to hear from your pastors. How do, they, how do they hear God's voice? I thought it might encourage you to identify God's voice in your own life. Of course, there are also wrong thoughts about how we might hear God's voice. Let me, let me give you a couple of those. Uh, one, I'm just going to call um, a message a minute. You, you ever been around somebody that hears God every minute? You know what I mean? Something like, God told me not to put salt on my food today. Okay, God told you not to put salt on your food today. God told me to wear these socks instead of those socks. Okay, God told you, okay, all right. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> now, now, look, I'm not saying God is incapable of saying those things. I'm saying that God primarily wants to speak to you about relationship, not about information. He will. And, and by the way, what parent wants to tell their child at 40 years old everything they're supposed to do? Doesn't God want us, to, want us to mature up into a relationship where he's not saying every little thing, but there's a, there's a relationship there? There's, there's an interaction there? There's another philosophy that I don't think is very helpful. I don't think trying to, trying to get a message a minute. Here's the other reason for that. When, you're trying to, when you say, man, God speaks to me every, every minute, I'm, something, something, something. Here's the problem. If God is talking to you here, let me say it out of my own experience. I find that what God is speaking to me, it is usually profound enough that I don't need anything new the next minute or two or five or ten or twenty. Normally, I need to absorb it and, and to soak it in for a little while because it is directing or guiding or revealing or showing. And I've, I've, got, I've got to meditate on that a little bit. I've got to think about that. I've got to, I've got to drink that in. And you imagine if God is just in a, on a turret, just firing off things at you every minute, you would create a, 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 a compulsive child. You, you can't talk that much. Um, another philosophy I don't think is helpful in hearing God's voice is what we're just going to call the point and hope philosophy. In other words, I open the Bible, I close my eyes, I point down and say, that must be what God's saying to me. Now, that's not very helpful. I heard a story about a guy who was a... Now, you've got to listen very carefully to this story or you won't understand what I'm saying. He was a business person, and his business was in trouble. Okay? That's very important. 
And he wanted a word from God, so he prayed and said, God, you know, talk to me. And he opened the Bible, closed his eyes, put his finger down, and said, that must be what God's saying to me. And when he lifted his finger up, underneath his finger said chapter 13. (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) Explained it to the person next to you who's not laughing. (laughs) Dallas Willard said, uh, who wrote the book Hearing God's Voice, said, he had heard somebody say, God's got a life verse for you. What you do is you take the year you were born, the first two numbers are the chapter, and the next two numbers are the verse. And so Dallas Willard, who's gone to heaven now, was born in 1935. So he said, well, then I guess I'll find my life verse. So we opened to Genesis chapter 19, verse 35, and read, they got drunk and slept with him. He said, I don't think this works. <laughs> so, so you see, the, the point and hope philosophy is not really, a, not really a good philosophy for hearing God's Word. Another one I would say uh, is, we're just going to call it que sera In other words, how many of you remember Doris Day? Come on, remember Doris Day? Que sera, sera. You remember that? Whatever will be, will be. Yeah. Man, we got a lot of young people in this church, I can tell you, because their hands are not going up. You know what I'm saying? Or some of you are just embarrassed. That's all right. We'll have an altar call in a minute for you. Um, so, uh, means whatever it will be, will be. It's the philosophy that whatever I do must be God's will. Because God's guiding me. And so, whatever I decide, whatever I say, whatever I do must be God's will. And, and that is almost a hopeless, fatalistic view on hearing God. So here's what I want you to know this morning. In hearing God's voice, context is everything. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. The context by which God speaks to you is in relationship to Him. Okay? Let, let me tell you what the context is not. Now, now this will be a little hard to follow for a minute, but, but hold on with me. God does not speak to you through the context of following the rules. He doesn't speak to you through the context of knowing a lot about the Bible or morality or the supernatural or miracles or good works or serving or going to church. I'm not saying all of those aren't part of your relationship. I'm saying they are not the context by which God speaks to you. God speaks to you through the context of relationship, and if you understand that, if you get that part right, it'll be so much easier to hear His voice. Too many times we want to hear God's voice without relationship. We want the information, we want the knowledge, we want to help me with this, tell me this, guide me here, do, and, but we want to take it and withdraw and do our own thing. That's what the book of James says, you have not because you ask not, and when you ask, you ask so that you might do with it what you want. That's basically, and, and, and so that's not the context. The number one thing that you and I can do to help us hear God's voice is grow in our relationship with Jesus because that's the context by which he speaks. His voice doesn't come in a vacuum. His voice comes in the context of relationship. And if you'll understand the context, it'll be much easier to hear him. So if you have something to write with this morning, I want to give you three thoughts about relationship with God. Number one, we were created to have a relationship with God. No parent 
in the labor and delivery room, holds their child for the first time, and looks at that precious little baby and says, you know, one day uh, we'll be separated. We won't even talk to each other. No parent says that. Because every parent wants a relationship with their child and every parent understands that that child was designed to have a relationship with the parents. There are rarely more sad moments in life than when parents and children are estranged. When parents and children are not in relationship, something has gone wrong. And and we all know that. Parents and children were not made to be out of relationship. They were made to be in relationship. In a similar way, you and I were made to be in relationship with God. When we are not in relationship with God, something has gone wrong. And and so let's look at Genesis chapter 3, and we'll read all the way at the beginning at the first people and the first relationship with God. Verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, In the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? You you see what's going on? Where are they? They're hiding. Hey, hey guys, come out. It's me. Where where are you at? What's going on? What's different? Verse 10. So watch this very carefully. So he said, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. These are some of the saddest words ever written in the Bible anywhere, and they are the saddest words that God had ever heard up until this point in history. I heard your voice, I was afraid, so I hid myself. People were never afraid of God's voice until sin. And when sin started, we began to be afraid of God's voice. Then we started to experience fear and shame and guilt, and we said, if I go to church, the roof might fall in. You see where this comes from? God's mad at me. God, God, I've never been good enough for God. After what I've done, how could God accept me now? God doesn't care about me. See, we begin to be at odds with God's voice. We begin to fear God's voice. We begin to to hide ourselves from his voice. God created Adam and Eve to walk and to talk with him in the garden. God didn't create them and give them a manual and say, here, read this. Figure it out. When people sinned, what was lost was wonderful, open fellowship with God. God was walking and talking with mankind in the garden. Watch this. So, So we sinned. And broke the communication. We broke the fellowship. We broke the the comfort and love that was flowing through the voice of God. We broke it. And it was so important to God that he sent his son Jesus to die and restore that communication. It was that important. So Jesus restores 
our ability to have relationship with God. Look, I can teach you methods, I can teach you theology, I can teach you the Bible, but I cannot develop a relationship with God for you. I, I, I can't do that. Only you can do that. I, I don't know if you, uh, like I have, appreciate caller ID. How many of you? Did, I don't know if this is unique to my phone company, but I get this all the time, almost every day now. Scam likely. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, God. Scam likely. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's gone. Bye. Right? Scam likely. Every now and then, though, you'll get a call that says, unknown caller. You know, what do you, what do, you do with that? Unknown caller. Well, I don't have their number in here. What am I going to do? I, I want you guys to imagine for a minute, those of you who are married, your wife calls you, but it's unknown caller. Maybe she's calling from somebody else's phone. And, and, and you're thinking, you know, what, what, I, what am I going to do? You answer the phone. You say, hello. She says, what are you doing? Your next question is never going to be, who is this? <laughs> right? Come on. It better not be. It better not be. For you shall surely die. <laughs> it's not going to be, who is this? And you want to know why? Because you recognize her voice. Because you have spent a lot of time with her, and you would know that voice anywhere. And isn't that really what God wants for us? So we can be going through our day, and God say, hey, hey Jay, yeah, yeah, Lord, I just, just want to tell you this. Isn't that really what he wants? He wants us to become so familiar with his voice that there's a free-flowing communication. You were created. You were designed by God for relationship with him. Number two, we were created to follow God's voice. Genesis 2 verse 9, one chapter before where we just read, when God created the garden, the environment by which Adam and Eve would have relationship with him. He put two trees in the garden. Let's read it. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Well, watch this. But in the middle of the garden, right, right in the center, right where your eyes would naturally go, there were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Two trees. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you remember the story or have heard the story, you know that one of those trees was the one that God said, do not eat from this tree. Do you remember which one it was? The tree, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, now watch. Two trees. Tree of life, 
to knowledge and good and evil. God never designed us to know good and evil. You were not designed to know. I was not designed to know good and evil. He said, do not eat from this tree. We were designed to know good. And we were designed to know God. We were not designed to know evil. We only came to know evil as we disobeyed God. Now now watch, I'm setting the foundation here. So he told them you can eat from any tree, just don't eat from that one. And when we sinned, we began to live not by God's voice, but by our conscience. Why? Good and evil. Now we're stuck in a conundrum of, I thought life only had good things. But you're telling me now life has good and bad things. Now God will use our conscience to bring us to Jesus, but our conscience is not the same thing as God's voice. Your conscience is your voice. The Holy Spirit is God's voice. So God did not intend for you to live by your conscience. If your conscience is not renewed, you will try to live out of dead works. Your conscience will make you feel guilty for the things that you do wrong, so you'll try to do a bunch of stuff right to make up for it and find a path to God. So you'll try to react to your conscience who's now telling you good and bad, good and bad, good and bad. You go, there's too much bad. i got to do a bunch of good stuff to make up for it, and that'll, that'll help me get back to God. You'll do that rather than receiving grace, which is what the Holy Spirit will tell you. Your conscience will tell you work your way out. The Holy Spirit will tell you receive grace. Are you following me so far? So God did not design you to live by your conscience. There's the tree of life, the tree of good, and the knowledge of good and evil. Man began to live by his own conscience, which is imperfect, and do what was right in his own eyes. So we even say sometimes, I could never do anything to violate my conscience. Isn't that what we say? I could never do anything. And the question I have for you, if you say that is, What if God told you to? Well, God would never tell me to do anything to violate. Why? Because God's not bigger than your conscience? I don't know how you read the Bible, but what about when God came and told Abraham, I need you to kill your son? That would have violated my conscience. But it was still God's voice. It was still what God said. Now, I'm not saying we are to live in some rebellious way to just violate our conscience as many times as we can. I'm saying if we're not careful, we live from the wrong tree. We're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the voice of the conscience that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than living from the voice of God that comes from the tree of life. Don't live from the conscience, you were created, you were designed, you were made by God to live from the tree of life, which is in a garden that was established for you to have relationship with God and hear his voice without fear. Adam and Eve lived by God's voice until sin entered the world. All right, here's the last thought. Our greatest purpose Our greatest purpose is a relationship with God. There's a little story, you may have heard it in Luke chapter 10, about two sisters who um, 
were part of Jesus' close-knit community when he was on earth. And there came a little dilemma, and we'll read it and see. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So they're going to stop and get some lunch. She had a sister called Mary, listen to this, who sat at the Lord's feet. What was she doing? What's the next word? She was listening. It's very important. She was listening to what he said. Hmm. But Martha was distracted, it's another important word, by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, it always amazes me how human the Bible is, how honest. Lord, I think she's got one hand on her hip, you know, with an apron that says, don't mess with the cook. Lord, you know, you got to be frustrated to correct Jesus. Don't you care that my sister has left me, stupid little sister, has left me to do the work by myself? You tell her to help me. She's beyond telling her sister what to do. Now she's going to tell God what to do. You, you, you tell her I said to help me, and I mean now. <laughs> I, I, I would, like when I get to heaven, I want to go to Jesus and I want to ask him just to give me the facial expression. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, I already know what you said. Just let me know what was on your face when you said I just want to, re- what was it? What I, I picture it, this is just how I picture it. I picture it as a gentle, loving smile. Martha. Martha. You're you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Well, actually only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it won't be taken away from her. Hmm. One thing is needed. And what is it? It's to listen to Jesus. It is to sit at his feet and to listen to Jesus. You need to take time to make an appointment with God. We've said this over and over in this series. I've told you Everything that I can tell you, the only thing that I cannot do for you is I cannot develop a relationship with God for you. I cannot hear God for you. I can hear God with you. I can help confirm that what you're hearing is actually God's voice, but I, but I cannot hear God for you, and God never intended for anybody else to hear God for you. So I can't, I can't make an appointment for you with God and show up and say, you just tell me what you want to know and, and I'll tell them. G- God did not send his only son Jesus to die on the cross so that he could have a relationship with you 
through me or anybody else. I, I like what Jeremy said before we sang the song about identity. You are a son. If you're a Christian, you are a son or you are a daughter of God. You are not a grandchild. You're not a cousin. You are a direct son or daughter of God. Maybe, maybe you have a hard time hearing God because maybe you're listening for the wrong thing. And I, I want to ask our, if our worship team will go ahead and come. I want to tell you a story that I've, I've told before. If you've been around Kingwood for a little while, you may have heard it. Um, but for those of you who, who are newer, uh, I, I, I think you'll appreciate it. So um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And, and when I was a teenager and I went to camp, it, it dawned on me somehow. God showed me. I was at an altar one night at summer camp, and it just became real to me that God actually wanted to talk to me. I, I just thought he wanted me to be saved, and then I would just do the best, live the best life for him I could. And at, at camp that night, it, it dawned on me at, um, I don't know, maybe 15 years old. And I remember telling somebody beside me, you know, they're praying, and I went, stop praying. I want to tell you something. <laughs> God wants to talk to you. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to do. You know, leave me alone. I tell you, man, like I was so excited I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And so this, this idea that God wanted to talk to me kind of grew, grew up in me. And when I went through college and got a degree and became a, a youth pastor, I remember I used to listen to this leadership uh, tape club. And the guy on the, on the tape uh, said, you know, I've made a practice in my ministry. I've never talked a lot about this, but I made a practice in my ministry once a month. I would go, I think it was once a month, something like that, or once a week, whatever it was. He said, uh, when, when everybody in the house goes to bed, I'll, I'll, I'll um, go shut myself in alone, and I'll pray, and I'll just pray all night. And instead of sleeping that night, I'll just pray all night and ask God to say whatever he wants to say, you know. And he talked about how rich those times had been and w what it had done for him. And so I thought, well, that's, Boy, that's right in line with what I understand a relationship with God to be. I want, man, I want to be as deep, you know, as I can get. And so I remember, we didn't have children yet, and I told Stacy, I'm going to, we had a little rental house, and we had a spare bedroom, and so I'm, I'm going to go in there, and I'm just going to pray tonight, you know, whatever, and I'll, and I'll see you tomorrow. And so I went in, I had a Bible, and I had a notepad, and I had a pen, and, and, and here, here's what I did when I went in there. I thought, this is so exciting. There's no way I'm going to give God this much time and he's not going to say something awesome to me. Right? Like, this is a sacrifice. Like, I, I'm, I'm ready to stay up all night if I need to. I, I'm just going to do whatever God wants. I'm going to go in there. And then my expectation was, God is going to tell me some of the, some of the best things on how to, um, on how to be a pastor, on how to lead, and how to run a church, and how to, how to reach people, and how to do ministry. That's what's going to happen. I went in there thinking God is going to drop insight. I don't even remember where I got that. God's going to drop insight inside my mind and heart, and plans, and strategies, and ideas, because I had prayed before, and, and that had happened before, and I thought that's what's going to happen. 
God's, because I wanted to be the best pastor I could be. And I thought, God's going to tell me, he's going to tell me the, the junk, you know, the stuff, the insider stuff. You, you just don't get anywhere. So I'm all, I'm all revved up, and I'm in there, you know. I got my pen out. I got the Bible. You just tell me where to flip, anywhere. I'm ready. I'm, re- I'm so ready. I will write down and memorize everything you tell me. Nothing's going to interrupt this here. And I'm telling you, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to pray all night. You know, I'm just going to stay in here and who knows, I might be writing 50 pages worth of stuff. It's going to be crazy. And I, I, I can't be more locked in. And I'm telling you, I had been in that room, gosh, it, it couldn't have been more than a, a minute or two. It, I mean, it was, it was almost instant. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit so clearly comes and says to me just in in my heart a whisper in my heart strong whisper in my heart I love you and I I push it away I thought why am I thinking that I know that tell me things I don't know didn't come here for that and here I go again you know ready to go revved up woo 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 ha Fire coming off the paper. Let's go, Jesus. But it reached the world. And here it comes again. I love you. Okay. Check. You want me to write it down? What I need to do? What I need to do to get on with this? seconds. Here comes this gentle whisper again. Love you. And I put the pen down and I slid the Bible and the paper away and I began to just cry and I said oh oh that's what this is about. That's what this is about. It's not about you wanting me to do something. It's about what you want me to be. You want me to be your son. It's about relationship. You want to actually speak to me about who you are and who I am. And who you are is love, and who I am is loved. And I just sat in that little room, cried and prayed and worshiped. I never wrote a thing down. And I don't remember another thing about that night. It's the last thing I remember about it. And I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. It's the first time as far as I remember, it's the first time I can ever remember hearing God directly say to me. I know He said it before. I know He said it before. I just didn't hear it until then. I personally and intimately and deeply 
love you. And that's it. I wonder sometimes if we don't hear God's voice because He's wanting to talk about things that we don't want to talk about. Or that we think He wants to talk about and He's over here. And can I tell you, that moment and that truth has done more for my life and more for my ministry and more for my relationships than any strategy or plan or philosophy or idea or anything else could ever do. That God loves you. (laughs) And it's not powerful to you and it's not real to you until you hear God say it to you. And when you hear God say it to you, it will wreck you. Because all of a sudden, it becomes real. Would you stand with me? I want to ask our prayer team to come. And if you would um, just close your eyes and open your heart. Everybody, if you don't mind, just close your eyes for a minute. And, and begin to see with your heart. Close your, your physical eyes and open your spiritual eyes. God is, God is here. And He's talking. And He's moving. And He's ministering. And He's speaking. And He's loving. And He's touching. And today, as we came into this place, I don't know what your need is, but God does. I don't know what you need to hear, but He does. And and I've done everything I can do in this series to encourage you that that a personal relationship with God is the greatest purpose and priority you can have in life. This morning, if you have a need... If you have a a physical, financial, relational, circumstantial, it, it really doesn't matter. Maybe you just came in this morning with a little chaos around you. And you say, I need, I need God's help today. I need God's touch. I need, I need wisdom. I need direction. I need insight. Just a minute. We're going to begin to sing the song the worship team's playing right now. As we begin to sing it, and I I want to ask you to um, just, with every other eye closed, if you need prayer, you can open your eyes and just find one of the worship team, find one of the prayer team. Just look at them. And when when I call you, I want you just to come and let the Holy Spirit minister. I promise you, I promise you, He wants to minister to you more than you think. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would draw everybody that needs prayer. God, I pray that you would draw everyone that you are um, ministering to, speaking to, talking to. I pray that you draw everyone that needs a touch from you this morning. Word. Lord, I pray that you would draw them. And I pray you would minister peace, grace, life, love, and strength. God, your favor would be in this place.
worship team begins to lead us, if you need prayer, I want you to come. I want you to come and let, let our prayer team minister to you. They're going to strengthen you and encourage you, pray for you. You're going to leave, you're going to leave this place better than you can. So if you need prayer, I want you to come now.